becoming an adult, um, I have learned a lot. I've learned how to process just different things and, you know, trying to really grow up and be healthy and healed of all things. So um, I've learned a lot over the years, and I would say within this last year to year and a half, um, I've did a lot of soul searching and really spending a lot of quality time with God and just making sure that I'm whole and that I am free and definitely living um, in a liberate, uh, in a liberty place, you know, being liberated. And so it's just been awesome. Hello, friends. I am so wow. excited for episode number 26 of She Thought She Could, So She Did podcast. We have an interview. I remember last week I said we might have an interview just because I didn't want to get you all excited and then blap, drop the ball and we not do it. But guess what? We have an interview and this is one I have been waiting for for over a month and a half maybe. Uh, me and Miss Shanita were supposed to record slightly after episode 23 with Miss Rihanna who talked about um, depression and anxiety and how it is being in the spotlight and suffering from depression and in continuation of that mental health series Miss Jackson was supposed to come directly after her but life happened life happened but guess what she's here so I am excited to share with you the very engaging and transparent interview with Miss Jackson and I she is originally from Orlando wow whoa whoa Orlando, Florida, and she currently lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which isn't too far from me in South Carolina. So I hope that we can take this relationship from the virtual space to the face-to-face space. She is a social worker, and an interesting fact about her is that she is half bohemian. So one of her parents is from the islands. It's her dad, actually, that is from the islands. She is a graduate of FAMU in Tallahassee. She enjoys reading, traveling, spending time with her mentee. She really loves mentoring. That is something that we have in common because I don't know where I would be without my mentees. They really help me in life to just keep pushing forward and to keep striving for my goals. And she's a Monty. If you're wondering, Tabitha, what in the world is a Monty? It's a mom slash auntie. So she is taking care of her precious nephew. So shots out to Miss Shanita without further ado. All right, Kenita. First, I want to thank you for being on the podcast, and we are just going to go ahead and get started. I already gave you a bomb intro, and we are going to get started with a little bit of the background. Like, tell us about yourself. How were you growing up in Orlando? What do you feel like has changed about you? What has remained the same? Just give us a little Shanita update. Girl, so much has changed. Um, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, mainly uh, I'm the oldest of six children, so I always had to play the mommy role um, to my younger siblings. Um, also, just growing up in Orlando, I, my mom was a single mother, so I lived in a single family household, um, and I had to definitely, I like to kind of explain to my friends that I was more so my mom's significant other, just because of the fact that I had to help kind of pick up the slack, not necessarily working a full-time job, but definitely helping in other areas like, you know, making sure my little brothers and sisters take baths, do homework, help cook dinner. Um, Me and my sisters and brothers, we always tease about one of my favorite meals growing up when I was like 10, 
and 11 years old to make was spaghetti. So they always be like, Shanita, can you make us some spaghetti? Even to this day, it's funny. Um, also, um, I also was very close with my grandmothers, my dad's mom and my mom's mom. So I learned a lot from them, having a prayer life, reading the word, knowing, you know, just knowing the word, being able to know how to talk to God for myself. Um, heavy, heavy in the church because that's just how, you know, my grandmother's was. Um, my mom's mom was, you know, definitely like another mother to me. And my dad's mother, who was originally from Nassau, Bahamas, um, was uh, definitely, I would call her me mom, but she was definitely another blessing to me. They were definitely my best friends. Um, and I know you was asking about, like, how has things changed since from being a young girl to now an adult. Um, I would say life has did a tremendous change. Uh, I remember just growing up, going through very hard times, and, you know, growing up, becoming an adult, um, I have learned a lot. I've learned how to process just different things and, you know, trying to really grow up and be healthy and healed of all things. So, um I've learned a lot over the years, and I would say within this last year to year and a half, um, I've did a lot of soul searching and really spending a lot of quality time with God and just making sure that I'm whole and that I am free and definitely living um, in a liber- uh, in a liberty place, you know, being liberated. And so it's just been awesome. Wow, wow, wow. First of all, that's amazing. And I want to dissect a few things there that's going to lead into our next question. Uh, a strong faith background, that's always amazing. And sometimes in life, that is what carries you through uh, when you're transitioning and when you're going through different things. And faith is like the only thing that can help get you through. Another thing that stood out was the fact that you identified it as being your mom's significant other, uh, a confidant, if you will, to kind of help make sure everything was good around the house. So even though that didn't mean working full-time, taking care of those siblings was probably something like a full-time job. I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I had to grow up early due to my mom's illness, but I did not have siblings. So I don't understand that portion, but I can only imagine. So I want to ask you, um, and journey on to the next question about uh, mental health and your first introduction to that, whether that be a good thing, a bad thing, or indifferent, how did that and faith kind of intersectionalities thereof? Because sometimes Faith to have people saying, well, just pray about it, don't worry about getting help, don't talk about it, making it a taboo topic. And then other times, faith will embrace mental health. So I'm interested to know if there was any overlap of the two, and if not, that's completely uh, fine. Sometimes there isn't. But if there is, since you brought that faith factor up, definitely let us know what that looks like. Um, Growing up, my grandmother, you know, we grew up in a Baptist church, so you know, when you grow up in a denomination of faith, sometimes uh, mental health can be overlooked. Like you said, a lot of times it was more so, um, oh, you just got to pray about it. Don't let that, don't don't let the enemy use you and, you know, just things of that nature. And to be honest, growing up, mental health was not like, it was never explained to me growing up as a kid. Um even though I saw signs of mental health, you know, like with one of my aunts, God bless her soul, um, she dealt with mental health issues. But we were never brought to light about those things until I started getting older and really understanding just life in general on my own and kind of knowing how 
how to bring faith and God together, but still struggling on knowing how that really matched or how that really went together until I got older and was like, okay, something has to be done. Yeah, I need God, but I also need a therapist. Yes, I can pray to God, but I also need someone to hear me out. Um, So it was definitely a lot of imbalances growing up and my first real introduction to um, mental health. And then maybe when I was about uh, 24, or 2324 um is when I, I really got hit with what is mental health how do i really deal with this or am i dealing with it or you know what do you call it um is when i had my first mental my first mental breakdown um we had a real you know kind of hectic something go on with my mother that was real crazy um she actually went to prison and um i just didn't know how to deal and i'm like i don't know what to do i got all these siblings i don't know what to do god and you know at that time um i had just went back to school because i took a break from school and um i had just went back to school and i had like a mental breakdown and i was like i need help and i don't know who to call and um i ended up reaching out to a therapist and really embracing that moment because it was a very teachable moment and I take that back that I wasn't in school actually I had just graduated college and I was working my first real job with the state and I went from there and it you know it helped me my therapist helped me through a lot during that time wow wow much respect to you for being able to identify that something's wrong maybe not knowing what is wrong maybe not knowing how to even get through the jigsaw puzzle of all of the dynamics that come along with the mental breakdown but knowing that something is wrong and yes my faith is great yes i'm praying i need god but i need therapy brown girls need help too like i just right so much respect for you with that and then piggybacking to something you said in that first introduction piece of healing and becoming whole that is something that um as a culture sometimes we skip over that we think that being broken is the norm and that it's just okay to walk around um bitter black woman or all types of stereotypical things that happen to us just simply because we don't choose to be whole and practice wholeness. So I'm going to continue to ask, in your life as a social worker, do you see a lot of situations where mental health is kind of overlooked, well-being isn't talked about, and maybe that being the reason why a lot of situations that are somewhat negative happen to people? Um, I would have to say definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, being in child welfare, um, the start of my career, and also – um, working in the hospital as a social worker as of right now, um, I see a lot of mental health issues just being neglected and not just from, you know, an African-American perspective, but definitely just all genres of life, like all cultures. And you have some cultures that don't, you know, they, they face maybe something of something and they just like, oh, you know, we don't identify with that. We're not claiming that. I'm not, you know, we're ignoring all the we're not, we're ignoring all the signs and that sometimes that can just be like man that's my opportunity to really jump in there as a social worker and be like hey and just as a person understanding and knowing like hey I've been through life I know life has happened and I know it's just not about life sometimes it's just really something that's off that you can't put your finger on or you want to cover up and hide because you think that everybody's going to think oh I'm crazy 
And honestly, it ain't about being crazy. It's about getting help, making sure that your, you know, your balances, everything is in a, have a balance. You know what I mean? It, chemical balances too, because mental health have something to do with that as well. Um, so just getting that help, um, is definitely important. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's definitely an imbalance when someone is feeling some way that they should not feel. Um, and when we see imbalances in our physical health, we're all ready to go to the doctor if we cough or we sneeze or something is wrong with our knee. We're so ready to go to that doctor for that physical imbalance. But when something is wrong with our mind, we often neglect to take care of it and thinking that it's just going to kind of brush away. So thank you for kind of mm-hmm. highlighting how you see that in your day-to-day with mm-hmm. your career. And now I'm going to dig just a little <laughs> bit deeper and be, you know, you can feel free to drive over to South Carolina and beat me up if you want to. Um, no, no, no. What is, <laughs> good, good, good. We're clear. We're clear. Good. So what impact does mental health have on your personal life currently? Um, I would say even though I didn't understand, like I said, if we backtrack from kind of the beginning of the conversation, um, I, did, I didn't understand what mental health was. So as I began to really grow up and really, you know, try to learn about myself and different events that happened in my life that, you know, made me feel some type of way or have some type of imbalance, um, I can say that there were points in my life, even as an adult right now, that I will have my moments where I deal with some form of depression. Um, And so not just that, um, learning how to really overcome those things and just dealing with, you know, because when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of low self-esteem at a very early age. And, you know, I didn't know how to define that stuff. I didn't want to reveal it, you know, tell people, oh, I'm depressed and I don't know what I want to do because, you know, in my community, it was shunned upon, like, they don't instantly say that, okay, yeah, you crazy or, you know, you're going to go see the shrink doctor, the nut doctor, and I used to see, like, you know, why is it so bad? So you would try to cover that up as much as you could, you know, for me, my standpoint. But I also, you know, I'm in a relationship with someone that deal with mental health as well, um, and it has taught me a lot, girl. It has taught me a lot. Um <laughs> And not in a bad way. It has been, you know, it has been really good, really liberating. Sometimes when I think that he should spaz out or be a certain type of way because he deal with mental health issues, he don't even, like, have that vibe, girl. It'd be like, sometimes I'd be like, well, am I the one that's, you know, (laughs) you're watching Right, is it me and not him? Because, you know, but just understanding, like, you know, what depression, kind of understanding what depression is all about, looking at the bigger picture. And um, sometimes I can be an overthinker, girl. So sometimes I can just be like, oh, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking about the conversation I need to have with him. And I'm processing it way too much. And then we have that conversation. It's like, okay, you know, you came to me, right? And I just be like, oh, you know, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I didn't know. (laughs) Right, right. But very great communicator, but like I said, you know, it's it's very important to just have that open line of communication, no matter where you think somebody may or may not be. Um, and, I mean, he deals with it very well, and I don't look at it as like, oh, as this crutch, because he doesn't, he don't make it a crutch. 
um, he just has his moments to where it's like, okay, babe, I need a moment. I need a little space. Okay, cool. Yeah. I get that. I understand that. And I don't look at it as if, oh, you're just pushing me away. Because for the beginning of our relationship, I used to be like, okay, you pushing me away. You don't like to be around me. You don't want to be with me. You know, and I think a lot of that stemmed from things that I was dealing with from a kid because um, my dad is actually from the Bahamas. And he was deported when I was two years old. So my biological father did not raise me. And a lot mm-hmm. of that just stemmed from me feeling like he don't want me like my father may or may have not wanted me. And that wasn't even the case. You know what I mean? So just kind of understanding your triggers and things is very important. Yes, yeah, so important. And then being able to identify, you talked about wholeness and you talked about um, just becoming that whole person. And I see that exuding in this conversation as you're talking about healing yourself from thinking that your father didn't want you and seeing how that some of those things may have triggered how you responded to your boyfriend uh, in your current relationship. So even being able to see those things is so, so critical because there are several times that we will take those wounds from the past and just reopen them for any given reason um, even if it doesn't align with the current situation. So I definitely respect you for being able to identify that and then also sharing that with us. Thank wow. you, thank you, thank, hey. thank you, thank you. I guess I'm not going to get beat up because you are sharing the gym. <laughs> I'm loving it. I am so excited, and I just I just am grateful for the fact that you were even patient with me. I talked about a little bit in the introduction how we've been trying to schedule this for months and months and months. Right. Um, and I, I was having – <laughs> I was just having um, issue after issue and upside down life over here in South Carolina, but saw it through and took some time to myself before I even tried to jump back in the notion of things. And I'm so glad that I did that. I feel so refreshed, so refreshed. So, all right, last question. Uh, What advice, if any, would you give people who feel like mental health isn't important to those folks who realize and recognize that something is wrong, but they just feel like it's gone, it'll get better, it'll be all right, and it's no need for me to um, see what's wrong with my me in, up there in the head. Um, I would definitely say help, get help, get help, get help, get help. That's definitely go out there, talk to somebody, um, take that time to really get to know who you are. I mean, have an open mind first. You need to have an open mind to be willing to receive because if you're not willing to receive and you're closed-minded um, and you got your hand closed, you definitely can't receive nothing. So you want to have an open hand, open mind to get that help and be okay with saying, okay, I want to be better. How can I get better? Um, become more educated because it's so important. Um, what you Where you lack knowledge, you are going to be in the, you know, in the clouds. You ain't going to know what's going on. So definitely get educated keep an open mind, definitely get that support system around you, and just get the help that's needed. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for your openness and thank you for being willing to share. I really do think that along with all of the other coping mechanisms, being able to hear people's stories and people's transparency of everyday humans who either deal with something themselves, know people who have dealt with something, just being able to wrap your head around the fact that anyone, sometimes I think everyone has some sort of 
mental imbalance. And if we bring it to light and stop making it be such a taboo topic, it will be so much easier for us to heal as a nation, to heal as a culture, just to heal as a people, because we are now embracing it just as we do the common cold. As the analogy I made earlier, people will run to the doctor uh, for the sniffles. Uh, But if you are feeling down and laying in the bed three and four and five days back to back, just thinking, oh, I'll get over it. No, let's let's figure out what's wrong. Or, you know, being able to, like you said, you know, you grew up, it was a single family home. You saw some struggles. You had to help with your sibling. Even identifying that things like that even happen. Sometimes when things happen in our childhood growing up, we just think, oh, that's the norm. I'm okay. I'm over it. I'm grown up now. I was able to finish school. I got my job. I'm good. Right. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Break the cycles (laughs) and break down what happened. So that you don't um, transition those cycles on and on and on. Generational curses. We are not trying to keep those going. We're trying to build generational wealth and wellness, right. not curses. Right, girl. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Well, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. And I am so Most excited definitely. to share this interview with the world. Have a great one. You too. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Wow. Wow, friends. First of all, I want to thank you all for allowing me to let this platform be as transparent as possible for allowing me to bring you guests and to talk about things that aren't always talked about to challenge the unchallenged to talk about the taboo and to just dive into deep waters let's just recap some of the nuggets and clap 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 to miss shanita for the transparency talking about growing up in a single parent home and having to help take care of her siblings talking about how her situation with her father was plaguing her in such a way that she thinks she was bringing that negative energy into her relationship so she took some time to quote unquote check herself and get herself together so that she would not ruin something great over past issues talking about becoming whole becoming a full person not allowing the things of the past to ruin our futures not allowing the struggles and the hard times to just hang over like a dark cloud but to embrace the past and to be okay with what has happened um did y'all hear google back there tripping (laughs) lol but once again i just want to thank miss shanita for being a guest on the she thought she could podcast i want to also thank her for her transparency and her realness as it relates to mental health i thank you for sharing um that back in the day you had a meltdown and you knew something was wrong you didn't know exactly what was wrong but you knew something was wrong you leaned on your faith but you knew that it was necessary to get some help hats off to you shanita i look forward to staying friends and staying connected all right folks talk to you next week